Good evening, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. We are back again for another edition of For Such a Time as This, The Time Is Now. Joined by our brother, Reverend John Scotty Mason. I am Reverend G. Lewis Tillman, and we are here with another episode on tonight. Thank God for another day. Thank God for another expression of his mercy and his grace. Thank God for being so good to us. He is just good to us in spite of us, and I'm just grateful that he loves us the way he does. Tonight we are going to come and talk about the times that we're living in. Um, As you can see, our subject for tonight is perilous times are upon us. So we're going to go ahead on and get ready to jump into this this word on tonight. We're going to ask Reverend Mason if he would lead us in prayer. Then we'll seek to see what God has to say through what he's already said in his word. Revelation. Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And we just wanted to thank you, first of all, Father, for just waking us up this morning. Yes. Uh, Letting us see another day. Yes. Uh, We realize you didn't have to do that, Father, but we thank you because you did. Uh, Father, we thank you for that. Now, for another opportunity just to share your word, Father, and uh, we pray right now, Lord, that your spirit does exactly what you said it would do. Yes, Lord. Would lead us and guide us into all truth. Uh, your word said, well, what is truth? Your word is truth. So, Father, we thank you right now for the word. And Lord, help us tonight to be able to expound on your word, Father, and to uh, to unveil exactly, Father, what you want to say tonight to us. Not only just to us, Father, but also to all of the listeners that are are listening. Yes, Lord. That you would open up their spiritual eyes and their spiritual ears. And, Father, that they would be able to uh, understand exactly uh, what you are going to say tonight to us. And Father, as always, the number one thing that we want, Father, is that uh, we want to know you ourselves and then to make you known to others. Yes, Lord. And we pray tonight, Father, that someone might be saved by what we're saying. And Father, then the ones that are saved, that they will be encouraged, Father, and have the strength and the knowledge to go on just a little farther. Thank you for it right now. We believe you're going to do just that. So we thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend Mason, for that prayer. Again, tonight we want to kind of bring this thing home tonight in so many words. Um... Our lesson tonight comes out of 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. 
And uh, let, let's read that first. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Paul here is talking to young pastor and he's giving him some words of wisdom and Paul talks about some things then that we are seeing now. He says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false Jesus, incontinent, fierce, despised of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded. Lord have mercy, this one right here, pleasure, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Paul wraps that thing up by saying, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Reverend Mason, we are living in some terrible times. We're living in some difficult days. We're living in what a lot of people would classify as the last days. We're living in a time where wrong is called right and what's right is called wrong. We're living in a time where I think we were talking about it earlier. What was the book of Judges that said, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. <laughs> every man did what was right in his own eyes, her own eyes, their own eyes. Which means that when you do what's right in your eyes, you're basically making the word of God of no effect. Um, Proverbs says it, and it says it twice. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. We're living, and I don't want to say scary, I say some difficult, uncertain, dangerous, unprecedented, mind-blowing times, Reverend <laughs> I mean, just look. These things we'll get into here shortly, but People do what they want to do and call it right. People have a bad habit of doing what they want to do, then turning around and comparing what they want to do 
to what God said about the things they're doing. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, well, that ain't what God meant. Or that ain't what he meant. But I've always understood that God says what he means. <laughs> he means what he says. It's true. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, living in a time now where uh, people just want to live apart from God. Uh, we, we, we as humans have, have always been uh, like this. We, we really don't want nobody telling us what to do. Um, it, it started in the garden with Adam and Eve. Uh, even though God told them what to do, they understood what they were supposed to do. And, 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 and what I like about God is that he loves us so much that even when he tells us what to do, and then he tells us if we don't do it, he says, this is what's going to happen to you. And he, he not only when he's instructing us like that, he's showing us exactly how much he loves us because he could be the type of God to say, well, do this and then guess what might happen to you <laughs> if you don't do it. But he, he's not that type of God. He, he lays it all out there in front of us and lets us know uh, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to outline it for you. And, and what he's done, he's, he's outlined the way a Christian is supposed to live in his word, where we can just read it for ourselves, get the right understanding, get the right interpretation of what he's saying. And then we make the choice of whether we want to obey what he says or not. And what the problem is with us, and we've said it before in previous uh, podcasts, is that one of the most dangerous things we have that's available to us is free will. Free will, yes, sir. Because the free will gives us the choice to obey God or to disobey God. And it's dangerous, especially when you look at the consequences that can come from your choice when you choose to disobey rather to obey. You had mentioned something today and we'll just kind of touch the surface of it because God hasn't released us to get into that topic just yet. Hmm. But You said you notice how people can live and be just as wrong as all outdoors. And there's no conviction. Mm -hmm. There's no thought process that the way I'm living is wrong. That's where we are today in this world. Right. I mean, so much is going on in this world. You know, the disciples, it was Matthew's 24, said, 
tell us about the signs of the end times. Talked about wars and rumors of wars, nations riding up against nations, pestilence, diseases, famines, earthquakes in diverse places. And you can see all that pretty much about every day. I agree. Every now and then, uh, I think I had an earthquake in Rock Hill a couple of months ago, somewhere down that way. I told you earlier that in my life, I have been experiencing some things that I've only seen happen to other people or in movies or in another country. But this world we're living in right now, and you said it, people keep saying better days are coming. I'll say temporary better days are coming here, but the ultimate time that better days are going to come is when the Lord comes back. Because God does allow us to have some good down here. Yeah. He'll allow us to go through some tests. Right. He'll allow us to go through situations. And once he brings us through that valley, that is a better day. Yeah. But the overall better days, this world is not getting any better. Right. Exactly. In fact, it's progressively getting worse. It's true. It's just getting worse day by day, moment by moment. Agree. And it's like people, some people don't even notice it. We're, we're, we're in a, a dangerous place when people see what's going on, but can't see what's going on. It's true. It's true. And it's, it's, it's sad to say that uh, we as Christians recognize that. Uh, Bible says that Satan has blinded the eyes of men and basically the hearts of you know they they can't see what's actually happening uh, in a spiritual sense the way we see it uh, they can't even understand even if they would read it out of the word of God they still wouldn't understand what's happening to them the Bible says the natural man cannot understand the things of God because they are, they are foolishness to him because they are spiritually discerned. So if, if they are not spiritual, then they have no sight at all about what's going on. So it's, it's almost like the, um, uh, the, the ones in, in, in Timothy where they, they are looking at uh, all things consist as they always have, you know, that nothing has changed. And that's the way they look at it. They look at it being the same as it always has. And so we see the difference in the decline of where this world is headed to because we understand what the Word of God says. And, and, and He's laid it out so perfectly and so clear especially here in Second uh, Timothy uh, chapter 3. He's, he's letting us see exactly what's going on. And, and when you look at Paul and, and, and Timothy, 
and Paul always looked at Timothy as being his his spiritual son, you know. And uh, you you look at everything that he taught him, and and you look at where we are today, and how long ago that this was was even stated. And it's like picking up your newspaper now <laughs> in the morning and looking at it. And you're seeing everything right before your eyes that's happening exactly like he said we, it was going to happen. And we're actually living in that day and time right now. Uh, perilous times, as, as he puts it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and when we look at that, it makes us very much aware of where we are. And not only that, but where we actually hit it. And, and, and that's that's mind-boggling to you um, but it, it it basically gives you uh, a sense of just being okay and, and what I mean by that uh, anytime you you read prophecy and and you read the Bible and and you see things happening exactly like the Bible said was going to happen. You know, you know, we, we we get excited because we know that the coming of Christ is that much more closer to us now. You know, and so we we don't get fearful. We know that these things have to take place, but we get excited because we're like, hey, it's getting to much that much more closer to the return of Jesus Christ. You know, and, and we, we may be sad a little bit, you know, some of us are, that uh, some of our loved ones and people that we know are, are, are not saved yet, and we hope they do get saved before Christ comes back. But hey, we're, we're looking at because our redemption is drawn now. You know, we, we're getting excited about it because uh, what Christ said was going to happen and what his word says is actually happening right before our eyes. And that's something to get excited about. When Paul talked about the last days, Paul actually thought that the last days would be in his lifetime. Exactly. Um, there's this big old debate conversation about when the last times begin or when will they begin or when will they start or the last days, rather. Mm -hmm. And I heard someone say, say that the last days began when Jesus left, just to sum it up. Right. Um, we are living in perilous times. The dictionary says that perilous is, it involves or is full of grave risk or peril, hazardous or dangerous. That's the dictionary. The biblical de definition for this word perilous in the Greek is hard to bear, troublesome, dangerous, mm -hmm. harsh, fierce, and look at this word, savage. Now that, that right there is something, some savage times. <laughs> that, 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 that's, that's deep right there. But when you examine the world we are in now, my question is, why wouldn't everybody be saved? When you look at how 
I don't say crazy, but how little life means to some people. And I noticed that some things, a lot of things are happening on Sundays now. I mean, we just had a shooting at the University of Norfolk this past Sunday. Two guys, I think, as far as I know, still on the loose in Canada for just stabbing people to death. Right. More shootings all across the land. People have road rage incidents where somebody can end up dead or very badly hurt because somebody cut them off or somebody didn't let them in or somebody did something to anger somebody else. Right. This world we living in is in bad shape. Oh, I agree. And I heard you say something that there is nothing wrong with the world. It's the men and the women that's running the world now. Right. That makes this place so bad right now. It's true. Because people are about self. That's part of what Paul tells Timothy here. That's what he's telling. Exactly. Um, my suggestion is if you're not saved, it would be wise for you to get saved. The sad thing is you don't know when your time going to come. You you don't know when your hours going to come. You you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. Those people that died Sunday or those people that were attacked Sunday, I don't think none of them knew that that was going to happen. If they did, they wouldn't have been where they were. That's true. I'm wondering for people that's just ignoring what's going on and we know again the devil's blinded the eyes but what would it take for you to see what's going on? What what, what will it take? (laughs) Sometimes it takes the death of a loved one for people to turn to Christ. A a sickness like cancer, leukemia, a heart attack or something like that to lay somebody down for them to accept Christ. But you don't have to experience those type of things for God to get your attention. That's true. The signs are all around us. It's it's evident. There's a Latin word, reception aquatur which means the thing speaks for itself. All you got to do is look and you can see what's going on. I agree. agree. I I like how Paul is uh, talking to Timothy and he's exhorting him. Um, We go all the way back to 2 Timothy chapter 1 you see where Paul is at Lord and Timothy uh, about loyalty and um, he speaks to him about loyalty uh, verses uh, chapter 1 verses 1 through 18 um, and he 
goes down and he talks about exhortation to endure um, the endurance um, and, and, and I like how he keeps going and um, he keeps talking about um, how he's supposed to conduct himself and before he does that he talks about a soldier a good being a good soldier of Jesus Christ you know that um, what it takes to, to be that because you you for what is what is coming it's preparing him for what is about to come and by him doing that Timothy knows what to expect he also knows that if you're going to be a good soldier you're going to have to be strong you're going to have to uh, rely on your your basic training so to speak uh, basically the truth of the word because there are going to be false teachers that's going to come they're going to bring false doctrine along with them and if you don't know the truth then you could be easily persuaded or persuaded and deceived and believe in what these false doctors uh, and false teachers have to offer us. So he, he, he warns Timothy in a way to let him know that all of this stuff is coming against the church. And we're living in a lot of that right now. You know, you, you spoke before about the last days uh, with, uh, with Jesus Christ's departure. Uh, I think I was reading somewhere where it talked about the last days started with the birth of Christ. You know, and, and so we, we uh, and right now, that's exactly where we are. We're, we're living in the last days. And the uh, question would come up, well, how do we know we're living in the last days? Well, what did he say? In the last days, perilous times would come. Or we're in these dangerous, difficult times right now. Uh, when has it ever been a time where it wasn't safe to go to Walmart to the grocery store at any time of night? You remember years ago, uh, well, it's not been that long, maybe about a year ago since the pandemic came in. Uh, Walmart stayed open 24 hours. 24 hours a day? Yeah, you can go in any, any time to Walmart and, and get whatever you want. Uh, but now, uh, since the pandemic came up uh, and, and did the damage that it did, uh, Walmart, you know, is closing real early now, 11 o'clock, 12 midnight now. But there's never been a time where you had to worry about going to the store. You know, when, when have we ever worried about that? You know, you, you, you worried about going to the store, you worried about going to your job. Uh, parents never had to worry about kids going to school and whether or not there's this strong possibility that they won't make it back home. They never worried about that when they, when they went to work uh, that morning. But now you have to worry about everywhere you go even sitting in church 
We used to think that church was the safest place you can be. You know, we we used to think that God is not going to let nothing like that happen to his people in church. In church. You know, I mean, we're in church serving him. You know, he he's right there in there with us. So we ain't got to worry about nobody coming in and, and, and shooting and killing us in church, you know. And even if they tried, we're not going to worry about it because God is going to do what? He's going to make sure that we're protected. We never have to worry about that. And so we thought. So we thought. But we've learned that you can even be in church. You can even be serving God while you're there or on your knees praying. Mm. And death could come in and take you out. We're living in perilous times right now. Difficult times. And we just need to be aware that that's exactly what's going on right now. We're living in perilous times naturally and definitely spiritually. I agree. Naturally, keep hearing these rumors about upcoming food shortages. You know, mm-hmm. you know for a while, gas was so high, food went sky high. They, want to raise people's rents and mortgages because they say, well, it takes more now. I mean, everything going up a lot of time, but people's paychecks. Exactly. For the child of God, we have to recall Romans 8.28. And we know not some things, not a few things, not good things, not sweet things, not special things, not spiritual things, but all things have a way of working together to bring out some type of good. Sometimes it's hard, man, to to see the good in some of the stuff you go through. It's true. Sometimes it's hard to see how good can come out of you losing a loved one or losing your job, losing your home, losing your vehicle, your health deteriorating on you. But God has a way of showing us just how powerful he is. And God has a way of keeping us even in perilous times. I found out that a lot of people don't read the book of Revelations because they said they're afraid of all the stuff that's going to happen in Revelations. Right. Well, here's a news flash. If you're a child of God, when the rapture comes, you won't even be here to experience any of that stuff. Exactly. But right now we are here experiencing what's what, what's going on. And if you just look at this world, even from a natural eye, not necessarily a spiritual eye, you ought to see that things are not getting any better. It's true. It's true. I agree. Um <laughs> 
what one one of the things we 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 have to look at you know in in the opening uh statement there in in, in verse one where Paul talks about the perilous times again uh, he says this is a a prediction of perilous times that's going to indicate uh an apostasy that's coming up on or within the church age. And we know the apostasy means a great falling away. Turning away, uh, yep. It's amazing how when perilous times come, and, and when we look at the the, the early church and uh, back in the uh, centuries where the Christians were persecuted and they were martyred, for their faith. Um, history teaches that the more that they were persecuted, then the more the gospel spread, the more they grew, the more they were uh, servants for the Lord. So you would have thought that the fear of persecution would slow them down, but it didn't. They grew. They scattered out, and 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 then the gospel got preached more because of the persecution that came upon us. But now we see in the last days, upon Christ's return, that this is going to reverse itself now, because these perilous times are going to cause or be part of what we call the apostasy. That's going to cause people, instead of flocking to God, they're going to be flocking away. We look at the pandemic. Lord have mercy. Are there people now, because of the pandemic and what's what has happened because of that, are people flocking back to church like they once was? Are they flocking more away from the church? People are still staying away from the church, some church. Well, as bad as things are, why aren't we running to the church? Why aren't we uh, crying out to God more because times are worse? You would think people are doing that. We would think that. You, you really would think that. But what people are doing is... You don't have to go to church to be saved. Well, but I have a relationship with God. I, I don't, I don't have to go to church. Um, no, you don't have to go to church. There's some Christians that are not able to go to church. Christians laid up in nursing homes. Christians laid up in jails. You know, hospitals. Mm -hmm. But a Christian ought to want to go to church because. Hebrews 10, 25 says, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is and so much more. And I've broken down that uh, forsaking and exactly. ourselves together plenty of time. But that forsaking does say abandon to fail to do. And that's what people are doing. True. People that used to be in the church serving in ministries, I mean, look at most of our smaller churches or even some of our not so the grand, huge churches. 
there's been a falling away. I was looking and I noticed it. Um, I just happened to see a clip of the potter's house and you know the balconies in the potter's house used to be full. The balconies were empty in the potter's house. True. So people for whatever reason have allowed the pandemic. It did take people out of church and we can get into all that again. We've said it enough about people go everywhere but the church. They afraid to get COVID in the church, but I mean, but they're not afraid to catch it at Walmart or at work or at their favorite restaurant or their favorite. Now, now I tell you, when people go to church, when there's some singing, <laughs> some people won't come here to preach it, but they'll go hear some gospel singing. <laughs> right. They'll hear the gospel group sing about the word, but they don't want to hear the preacher preach about the word. It's true. So, should there be this great mass return to the church? There should. But there isn't. Because the devil even works on and with Christians. He got some, some Christians thinking they bless. Right. I, I won't get into that, but Everything that looked like a blessing from God is not a blessing from God. It's true. Sometimes people be saying, boy, God blessed me, and God had nothing to do with it. Um, the world has gotten, gotten mixed up. Again, we take what the world says as the gospel and question what the gospel says, right. which is the word of God. We, we take whatever the world say, that's, 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 that's just true. The world said, do what you want to. The gospel said, there is a way. The world said, do unto them before they do unto you. The unto gospel you. Exactly. says, do unto you others as you would have them do. The word says, I say unto you, love your neighbors as I say. The world says, eh, forget them. And they don't say it that nice. <laughs> the world versus the word. And at this point in time, it looks like the word is losing to the world. It's true. You got so many people out here that would rather follow the ways of the world than the ways of the word. And you know why. The world just lets you do what you want to do. The word has restrictions and limitations. And as you said, just like some people don't like to be told, some people don't like rules, restrictions, and regulations. Right. Some people want the ability to do whatever it is that they want to do. It's true. And they don't want nobody telling you, you can't do I can do what I want to. True, you can. But there are consequences. Everything you do has a consequence. And a lot of times people do what they want to do. And then when they have to pay the consequence, they'd like, they be like Cain was when he killed Abel. My punishment is more than I can bear. Mm -hmm. They don't want to deal with the punishment. It's true. 
and two, I um, we 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 have to get to the point to where um, we understand exactly what's 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 going on. Yeah, um, we we don't belong to ourselves. That's <laughs> that's that's the biggest problem. We 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 think that. Um, Scripture teaches that we're been bought with price. We're not our own. And so we're commanded by God to do certain things. And what I like about Timothy here, uh, Paul talking to Timothy, it's like a uh, pastoral epistles that he's been speaking of and, and he, he, he's warning the leaders now. See, that's, 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 that's very important right there. We have leaders now that are supposed to be leading the way the Bible says we're supposed to lead. And a lot of us are not doing that because they're again, for whatever reason, we're not doing that. We're going to wish we hadn't done that because of what's coming up on us. And, and when I look at here, uh, Paul is, is, is addressing Timothy, uh, basically a, a, a fellow missionary. Uh, he's addressing him as a, uh, a pastor. And, and, and I said earlier, uh, uh, He's telling him to basically stay steadfast in what he knows. Because these things that are going to come upon him will have the tendency to determine whether or not you're rooted and grounded in the word like a lot of us say that we are. Perilous times that come have the ability to shape your faith and to see exactly if you all that you say you're going to be. When you say you have faith in God and I got faith to move mountains and nothing is going to, you know, move me from from what? You have to be careful when you say that, Counselor. Yes, Lord. Because the Bible says, him that thinks he stands, let him take heed. <laughs> let him take heed, lest he fall. And so, I, 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 again, I like how Paul is, is, is warning Timothy as he's warning us of the things that are about to come. And, and, and when I look here at the, um, the perilous times, one of the things that I saw that stood out, he said that, that men, what they're going to do is that, first of all, they're going to become lovers of their own selves. That's, 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 whenever you become a lover of your own self, that's dangerous territory. That's very dangerous. Because when you love yourself, 
if it's not the right type of love, <laughs> love will make you do things that you you don't want to do. <laughs> um, if you're loving your own self, and and the way he's saying that they're going to be loving their own self, then you're not loving anyone else the way that you're supposed to, because you you've. And, and, and we look at self. Self is one of the worst, uh, I guess, things that, that we could do if it's not handled correctly. You know, it's not wrong to love, your, love yourself, but the way that they're loving themselves here in the last days is that they'll walk all over, top anybody else just to have their way. Because it's it's like me, myself, and I. I've, I've got to do or I've got to make happen whatever I want to happen, regardless of the cost. Regardless if I hurt anybody else. Regardless if I destroy my, my family. If regardless if I destroy uh the the uh the ones that have been there for me or not. And they put themselves first so much. To where uh, everybody else uh, risked the chance of being torn down, destroyed, and neglected. Because when you put yourself first, and if you love yourself like they're saying you love here, we're going to have a problem. There is this big movement now going on about self-love and as you just said there is an area of self-love that you're supposed to have but it's not supposed to get beyond where it should be it's true the bible says love thy neighbor as thyself so right there it tells you to love yourself now let me open this door and then i gotta close it there are a lot of people that don't love themselves right that that does not make sense that people that don't love things about themselves and that's due to i won't say it don't make sense it makes sense in that person's mindset because of what it is they're dealing with but to me, it doesn't make sense for me not to love myself because God loves, lives within me. Right. But more importantly, God loves me. And if he loves me, then I ought to love me too. So that's what I'm saying where I just possibly shouldn't have said it don't make sense because you never know what a person's feel. Before you can speak on another person's feelings, right. you need to understand that person's feelings. But for me, myself, I love myself. I don't love right. myself in the wrong way. I'm grateful that I'm here. I'm thankful that God mm-hmm. allows me to be here. But this type of, where it says men shall become lovers of themselves, yeah. this is talking about narcissistic. 
Right. Yeah. So self-absorbed, so to speak. Yeah. yeah people that are self-absorbed is just with their appearance, what they have, and mm-hmm. with their mindset about themselves. Exactly. And a narcissistic person is a dangerous person. It's true. Because they'll do whatever to prove what they think to themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll hurt somebody to prove that they are who they think they are. Right. So where Paul tells Timothy here, he said the first thing he said, and look at the first, like you said, the first thing he mentions is selfishness. It's true. Selfishness. It's true. He said men will become lovers of themselves. My God. Now, how can I love myself? more than I love the God who gave me life. Mm-hmm. He said they become lovers of God. He said they will become lovers of oh, Yeah, it's true. And the Bible tells us plainly, love the Lord that God with all that heart, with all that mind, with all that soul. There is this movement about self-love. It's true. You do need to love yourself, but you need to love yourself in perspective. Right. Right. Because if you're going to love yourselves, you're supposed to love your neighbors just like you love yourself. So if you're spending more time loving yourself and not no time loving your neighbors, you're not doing it. It's true. Because he said, love thy neighbor as thyself. It's true. So the same love that a person has for themselves, they're supposed to have it for their neighbor. Who is their neighbor? Anybody I see for them. Right. That's right. But that, that when he said men shall become lovers of self, he's talking about narcissism. Yeah. Egotistical, overbearing, overinflated egos and things like that. that That's they true. All of this and all of that. And, and we can list some people, but we, 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 we won't do that. <laughs> we, we, we'll leave that alone. But he said men shall become <laughs> lovers of self. Watch this. Covetous. Mm-hmm. Covetous. Wanting what don't belong to them. But some people don't understand that covetous deals with greed also. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what this word right here deals with. It says loving money. And here's that word, avarice again, A-V-A-R-I-C. Avarice, Lord have mercy, is an extreme greed for wealth or materials gain. (laughs) So look how the covetousness builds off the self. Exactly. Because most people that want wealth don't want it for other people. It's true. They want it for themselves. They what they want is, you know, that expression. Some people get all they can, can all they get, and sit down on the can. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the rich man in the Bible. He he had so much. He said, "I know what I'm gonna do." Right. He said, "He said life been good to me. He didn't thank God at all." Mm-hmm. He said, "Tell you what I'm gonna do." 
I got so much, I'm going to tear down my old barns, build a bigger barn to bestow all my goods. Mm-hmm. Folks, forget about Psalms 24. The earth is the light. They remember, they, they, they quote Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. They stop with it. He said, leave me forever. Yeah. <laughs> and mercy to follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of love. They stop right there. They don't right. go read Psalm 24. Right. It says the earth is the love. It's true. And the food. So everything that a person calls theirs is actually God's. Exactly. But he's exactly. saying it. I'm going to do this with mine. I said, them tell my soul, so take my knees, be married, just chill out, have a good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody said, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. That's true. Oh, I agree with that. God stepped up and said, thou fool, this night. That's so is required of So I hope he had his <laughs> will intact. Exactly. Because the plans that he had, he wasn't he wasn't allowed to carry them out to fruition. That's true. So you got people being lovers of self, mm-hmm. narcissistic. Now they're covetous. And this type of covetousness deals with the love of money and wanting an excess wealth or excess greed. Yeah. It's all right to have money as long as money don't have the person. Mm-hmm. Um, the CEO of Bedroom Bath and Beyond just jumped to his death, fell to his death from his 18-story apartment window. Why? Yeah. Why? Greed is something. Mm-hmm. Greed will make people do all kinds of things to accomplish their level of, uh, to accomplish meeting what they're trying to obtain. True. You know, you, you, you look at them as being, uh, I think I was reading one definition that talks about being money hungry. Um, and, and you know, when a person is hungry, uh, you would say to the point of uh, starvation, then they will do anything possible to, uh, to satisfy their hunger. So if they're money hungry, then they'll basically do anything in order to get money. Um, and, 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 you know, the thing with, with the money, and it just hit me right here that, uh, remember Jesus talked about uh, serving two masters. You know, either you love one or hate the other. Uh, but he says you can't uh, love God and mammon. Yeah, you can't serve God and mammon. You know, we know mammon means wealth, means money. So um, I would say in, in these last days that a person that is a lover of money and uh, they're money hungry that has reached the point to where money is actually their God now. And they're worshiping money and they're going all out 
to obtain money because you know if you love something you do anything uh, to satisfy that, that, that love that you have for whatever that is uh, if we say we love our spouse you know, you know we we try to do everything we can to prove that love for her uh, no matter what it is you know uh, if a lot of people love their job you know the way they become uh, uh, workaholic uh, never go home you know they, they're always at the job uh, some people like that uh, about materialistic things you know, just very materialistic you know, they'll do anything to obtain these materialistic things we uh, when you when you see that uh we often say, well, uh, they don't actually have a material thing. The material thing is actually have them. You know? Right. And so when you look at what's going on here with the uh, uh, lovers of money, we kind of see where that has escalated to the point to where they're willing to do any and everything in order to satisfy that love for money. And see, that's a dangerous thing right there. It is. Because people do any and everything for money, whether they're godly or ungodly. Like you were saying, some people just work, 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 work. And sometimes they work themselves out of a family. Exactly. But some people steal, some people rob people sell drugs sell weapons and stuff like that it's true break and enter in places and sell the stuff they steal there that that love of money will make you do all kinds of things I agree but but look what it says and and, and so so love love does have a lot to do with what's going on in the last days it's just not a love of God that the love deals with. Right. Because the first thing said, lovers of self. It's now true. we're talking about covetous, which is a love of money. Exactly. The next one is boasters. Boasters are people who brag about what they have or and there we go. We're still in this selfish realm. So it just looks like everything is just burning oh, yeah. off of self. Exactly, exactly. Just this love of self. Is, so now you got these boasters, these braggers who want to talk about what they're able to do, what they have, their skills, their qualities, you know, their degrees and things of that yeah. nature. Sort of uh, kind of publicizing themselves, you know, want the exposure. You know? Back to that narcissistic ad, they're mm-hmm. highlighting self. And see, even with the lovers of money, they forget that it's God that gives them the power to get well. It's true. And so what Paul is showing Timothy is how God is going to be left out right. in these last days. Exactly. And he has and is being left out in these days we're in right now. It's true. You talk about everything but Jesus and God. Right. Muslims can talk about it lies. Shindu, Hindu, Confucius, Buddha, 
everybody can talk about what they want to, but when we start talking about Jesus, there's right. a problem. Yeah. All of a sudden, there's a problem when we talk about him. But if you love him, you ought to talk about him. It's true. God. Talk about God all day. Yeah, because yeah, there's not gonna have a multiple gods that people <laughs> say. Exactly. That's what people say. But this, if you see, you see love being highlighted here. But the love is not directed at God. It's true. The love is directed at some form of self. Right. Because you got lovers of self. You got covetous, which is lovers of money. Mm -hmm. And you got boasters, which goes back to self because you're putting yourself up. Right. So this boasting, if you're going to boast or brag, you should be boasting or bragging about what Bag the Lord has exactly. done. Exactly. About what God did. That's right. About where he brought us from. Mm -hmm. About how he turned our lives around. Because we didn't do it. Yeah. It's about like you hear these people say, I'm a self-made millionaire. Yeah. Well, you messed up when you said self-made. Right. Because you didn't make yourself. Mom and daddy made you. It's true. By the power of God. Yeah. Mom, mom and daddy made you. You're not saying nothing about you self-made. Right. And if you are a millionaire now, you definitely didn't do that on your own. It's true. You don't you don't supply your own air to breathe. Right. You don't make your body work. You don't wake yourself up. Set all the alarm clocks, coffee pots, whatever you want to. If God don't say death, step back and behave, you're not going to get up. See, it, it, here it, it's just being so blatantly shown to us that it's about self. That's true. And self is a very dangerous thing. And he goes to proud. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Man. Look at what I did. Look at what I got. Not like that boasted again. Look, look, look what I obtained. Look at my new house, my new car, <laughs> my new business. Look, people ain't saying that today, though, are Mm. Nah, people. You know what? <laughs> you know what people are doing. The pride now that we see is about one person over another. Mm -hmm. That comparison thing. You know, I live on this side of the track. You live on that side of the track. I live in the Hamptons. You live in South Chicago. I, I was I was I was uh, reading, and they saying they sort of have from what you're saying now. They sort of have this uh, word that most of us are familiar with. They're stuck up. They're they're stuck up to the point to where they think they are more superior now than other people. Walk around with their nose stuck up in exactly, there. Exactly, exactly because of what they have. Uh, they sort of like a 
a snob, so to speak. Snobbish. Yeah. Acting snobbish. True. And and they really think because of the things that they have obtained that they really think that they the one that actually did it. As as you say, the self made millionaire. They really think if it wasn't for them, uh, they would never would have been able to get it. So even though they had help along the way, they don't even credit the help. And that's what you do when you're stuck up and you're snobbish with that type of attitude. You don't even credit the ones that helped you get it because they helped you get it and they don't have it. But since you have it, now you think you're more superior than they are and you don't give them credit for helping you to even reach that potential or even reach that level. Thinking you're better than somebody else. But here's the thing. If you get cut and I get cut, we both bleed, right? Right. If I have a heart attack, you have a heart attack. Somebody that knows CPR that applies it and God says it's not our time, we both going to live, right? Right. Uh, thank God for you. You've lived through stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. Some people didn't make it through stage four cancer. It's true. It didn't mean you were no better than anybody else. Right. It just meant God had his plan in that. He already knew. It's true. It, it just, just wasn't my, my time. Um, there's a gentleman right now. Uh, it's a friend of ours. And, uh, you know, just to the listeners that are listening right now, uh, pray for him. Um, he has uh, stomach cancer right now, and they're not uh, looking for him to, to live, you know, from what the doctors are saying. Um, maybe a week, a few weeks. Um, so he's still hanging on right now. Uh, but... From from what you're saying, me having four stage cancer, uh, I've seen people with the same type of cancer that I had uh, in stage four. They're not here now. I'm still here, cancer free. Um, God has His own way in His own time of when He will take us out of this world and we don't know when that's going to be only he is the one who is the appointment setter he sets all of our appointment time and and he's the only one that can change our appointment time for some of us it could have been meant for us to uh, to leave here a few years ago but for some reason, God may have decided to just extend the time a little while longer. And we don't and, But we don't have any type of control over that at all. Uh, was I supposed to have been gone? According to the doctors, because stage four, you know, uh, and you know my story. You know, I found out that I had 
stage four cancer. When I found out I had cancer, period, it was already in stage four. Um, could have been gone, but I'm still here. I, I just say it like that. I'm still here, so I'm using whatever time I do have left. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of not like not like Hezekiah. Hezekiah, uh, when he turned his face to the wall and, and prayed, you know, God gave him 15 more years. Uh, I prayed. Uh, how many more years I have? I don't know. Uh, could be one more. Could be five. Could be 25. You know, I don't. I don't have a clue. Uh, but what I've decided to do uh, was just whatever amount of time that I have left. It's all going to be devoted to the Lord because I honor him in that way and uh, he deserves all of that, especially for saving me uh, from a miserable life of sin, as they would say. He saved me, <laughs> he saved me from that. And then he saved me from, from death. He saved me from spiritual death. And now he saved me from physical death just a little while longer. So I think I owe him uh, a praise. I owe him my servanthood, my discipleship. I, I owe him everything. And so that's that's what I'm trying to do in, in the last days that I have. You know? However long that may be. And understandable so with what you're saying. And even in the midst of all that, not one time have you ever projected yourself or thought yourself to be better than somebody else that left. Not at all. And that's what these proud people are. Mm -hmm. um, it's good to have a little pride about yourself. It's true. The, the biggest area we ought to have pride in is Jesus and what he's done for us. Mm -hmm. But when people get proudful and get lifted up in pride right there's a fall coming there's a big fall coming the world we live in now you can just see pride everywhere and I ain't opening that but people are just proud they're just arrogant they think they're better than everybody else like I said, nobody's no better than anybody else. We all breathe God's air. We all are living on God's time. Like the story goes, we all came from dust. It's true. You might wear Prada, DKNY, Liz Claiborne. You might have a Rolex watch. You just dust with a Rolex watch on. So. And from whence you came is where you're going back to. Richard Poole. Doesn't matter. <laughs> There's a grave with your name on it, or you may choose to be cremated. You're still going to leave here. It's true. But he said, Proud, um, I think if you don't mind, Mason, let's rock, knock out um, the end of verse two, and we'll come back and finish up a another episode with the others. Okay. Uh, so it says blasphemous. Oh man. 
those that speak evil of blasphemous is the Greek word hmm. got a lot of people that are slanderous abusive in their talk speaking evil of other people be careful what you say about people because if that person is a child of God I have this thing that I say you can't mess with God's people without messing with people's God it's true can't do it. God has a way of taking care of his people. You, you may think you live in how in the hall you can say what you can say what you want to. But words have consequences. That's true. And nowadays people say whatever. And we were talking about and this is a little bit I ain't gonna say left of the lesson with the blasphemous, but the words that people use in the world now, there was a time when you wouldn't use some of these words. Right. Or some things you call now are a badge of honor, but back in the days that was a that was a prelude to a fight. But now folks want to speak against. Right. And this this tongue stirs up all kinds of trouble. This tongue causes a whole lot of mess. But be careful how you put your mouth on God's people and not just his preacher. He did say, touch not my anointed and do my prophet no harm. Be careful how you put your mouth. I don't care if they messed up. I don't care what they did. Be careful. I agree. Don't be one that's blasphemous. And Lord knows, please don't ever speak against the Holy Ghost. That's the one thing you cannot come back from. But he says, you you got anything you want to add there, sir? Um, I'm, I'm with you uh, on that. That's one I was thinking about was the blaspheme against the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, he says that's the only thing that God will not forgive you of. Right. And, and that one there is one that we very have to be careful about, you know. Um, and I think with with by that being uh, listed here makes it that much more dangerous, man. You know, um, it's an indication. That this is actually going to be going on. Can I mean? Can can you think about that? That people are going to actually do that, and then can't be forgiven for it. That's a bad predicament, right there. It is. It really is. Now, this next one, Lord have mercy. This next one is relational because it deals with the self to a person or persons. He says disrespectful or disobedient rather mm-hmm. to parents. And we could spend a couple of days talking about this with kids. <laughs> 
they kids are my god they just whew, as they would say off the chain off the chain off the hook <laughs> in the middle of the road um, I work with them every day I see I see the disobedient spirits that right. they would have with their parents. Not all of them. But we have some children. Let's just say it starts at home. Right. There's some children that talk to their parents any kind of way. And some parents don't say anything. Just let them do that. It's almost like the roles have changed to where the parents have become the children <sighs> and the children have become the parents now. Because <sighs> uh, they will tell you what they're not going to do and what they will do. And then they'll turn around and do just what they say. Right. Yeah, that's that's some people's children. Right. But not mine. Yeah. Well, yeah, so um, children don't understand their role in society a lot of times. Right. They don't, a lot of kids I've found out have it real bad. They have some rough lives they live. There's some children that have it good, some have it too good like that little boy who didn't go to prison because they said he was too rich. Right. They came up with a new disease for him, affluency or something like that. <laughs> but there are some kids that don't understand just how good they have. Right. But they try to grow up too quick. They want to do things that they don't have a clue that they're going to have to do later on in life. And one thing we constantly tell kids is it's sad that you think you know what you don't even know you don't know. Right. (laughs) It really is. The behaviors and attitudes of some children is as you said, off the chain, off the hook. But being disobedient to your parents hurts you. Right. And it hurts your parents. That's true. Because as parents, some parents will say, well, I know I didn't raise you. You know I don't put up with that. You know that's not what I'm about. But some kids don't care. I remember a time where a preacher said he was in the store and said this little boy was just dogging his mama. And he just had enough of it. He said, you can't treat your mama like that. Don't do that to your mama. Said the mama turned around, don't you talk to my kid telling them what they can do? Preacher said he doesn't get it then, the little boy bitter. 
Nah, see, that's that's uh, uh, he, he don't realize, you know, the Bible tells us that foolishness bound bound up in the heart, in the heart of a child. child, exactly. But the what the rod of correction drives it, drive it far from it, and 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 that's probably what you see has happened over time, and we've seen that. Our generation, uh, generations after us, have slipped to that point to where all of this foolishness that's bound that's bound up in the in the in the heart of these children, the thing that's supposed to drive away from them, have not been used. Uh, government had a lot to do with that. Um, but the parents had a lot to do with that too because it starts at the home. If you don't drive it away from them, that means it's going to be bound up in them. So they're going to find a way to present it and to display it at all times. And, and, that's, and that's what they're doing now. That's what you see. Uh, I remember you was telling me this incident uh, that happened not too long ago about the uh, mother that was going out with the child and she punched the child and the child punched her back. Hmm. You know, and I, I remember uh, the days when we were coming up, uh, you wouldn't even attempt to do that if, if mom uh, would spank you or, or had the strap or the switches or, or whatever. Uh, you didn't think about trying to fight her back. You know, uh, but these kids now, I think they know that they can get away with some of this stuff. And so they tried. But I, I look at all that, even that, I still look at that if you started early, Discipline. They would respect you later, right? They they was they would have learned that 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 reverence. They would have learned that uh, that respect at a young age. And so now that they're older now, they would still respect you. And and we we were like that. We're like that now. No matter how old we got, the last thing we would do would try to even hurt mom let alone try, try to go toe-to-toe with them you know because, we wouldn't be here today exactly they had already instilled that that healthy that was a healthy fear it wasn't a fear the way we just terrified of them and you know it was a like, smart fear exactly <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a healthy fear and that's probably one of the reasons why we're still here today uh, because of that healthy fear that they that they instilled in us, man, uh, it's, it's taking us a long ways in life, and uh, we not only learned how to respect the parents, but it flowed on over into respecting authority. Right. Uh, in school, you know, in the uh, in the streets, and you know how to respect our elders and all. And, and, and and that that type of uh, upbringing, uh, uh, 
basically, you know, speaks volumes. You know, when you look at all that today, uh, you see a child that's unruly, that's disobedient to his parents. I can guarantee you that they never started when that child was young. Um, and that's why the child's out of control now. All these things that we have covered thus far, the lovers of self, the covetous, the boasters, the proud, the blasphemers, and the disobedient to parents, mm-hmm. all that stuff is what we're seeing going on right now. All of it. Right. It's, it's way out of control. And it's like somebody saying, God, can't you see what's going on? Yeah, he sees. But it's like, I gave you the power to fix it. Selfish people don't have to be selfish. It's true. You can stop and think and recollect and understand. You didn't didn't do for you what you think you've done for. Covenant people, you, you you may have enough. You don't need an excess unless you're excessively helping people. It's true. To which a lot of people are not. You know, in looking at this, I, I don't know if Paul has a specific order or not, but it, if you notice how it starts off in verse 2 about love. When you love the right way, then all of these other things, as the Bible says, love would cover a multitude, a multitude of sins. Oh. <laughs> all right? Now you look at all of this, all of these things that are happening, right? Uh, with the right love, the person loving the right way, it would eliminate a lot of these things that came because the person wasn't loving the right way. When you look at it, you see um, the kids. Can't be loving right. Right. You look at them being ungrateful disobedient to the parents which flows over why do you have the problems that you have in schools now because it starts at home when you look at God who loves us he chastises the ones he loves when we whoop our kids and we say uh, this is going to hurt me Hurt you. Hurt you. No, hurt me hurt more. Hurt me. Right. Hurt me more right. than it hurts you. Like, but that don't make sense. But when you become an adult, you understand. And you understand. Exactly. So we love our kids if we know that there's foolishness in them. The Bible mm-hmm. says foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. I, the rod of correction is going to drive that for, from far from them. If it drives it far from them, 
then you don't have to worry about all of this other stuff being in them because it's gone. But the problem with the rod driving it far from them, Mm -hmm. the word says that, right? Right. But the world says if you whoop your child, you damage them later on. Right. And so that's the problem now. We bought into this, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Abuse. Uh, We bought into this opinion of the world, Mm -hmm. which is in direct, direct opposition to the word. Right. I was watching CNN the other night and I heard something about a a school system getting ready to bring back punishing, spanking. Mm-hmm. And the news anchor, they were going to commercial, they said, stand by or join us or however they said it. They said, we're going to talk to like a counselor or a psychiatrist to ask them what type of damaging effects this will have on a child. Well, what kind of damaging effects we got now? <laughs> that's the damaging effect exactly that people stop right. using the rod of correction right exactly, exactly. If, that's, that's where we at exactly now if they would go back and look at percentage wise of all the things that we're going through now and experience as a result of kids being disobedient not only just at home but at school versus the kids being disobedient back in the day as we would say then they would see that the way they handled things back then would be a whole lot better because back then we didn't have all of this that we have going on now because kids respected that adult or that authority figure in a way to where even if you thought about doing anything that you knew you could be punished for, you wouldn't do it. Let's go ahead and wrap this up here. We'll pick up later. Go ahead and give me your final thoughts. Just on what we've covered thus far. We'll come back next week. Okay. Uh, Well, my my final thoughts here uh, is that we we realize now that we've entered into perilous times to where don't be surprised when you see these things happening now. Uh, We're living in the last days. Uh, The Bible has already pre-warned us that these things are going to be going on. Uh, So we as Christians We need to do what God has called us to do. And that's continue to be like a good soldier. As Paul instructed Timothy, uh, stay strong in the things that we have learned. Stay strong in the scriptures. Uh, There's going to be, and we we see it today, we still have the false teachers and who are teaching the false doctrines. And and a lot of people are being deceived uh, by that. Paul warned Timothy a long time ago uh, about his mother and his grandmother and uh, the things that they they taught him 
you know, how to keep the faith and the things uh, uh, in the scriptures. And he's telling us the same exact thing uh, as a church because he's basically speaking to us uh, as Christians exactly what to expect. And, and again, I like how uh, chapter one and chapter two is basically preparing us on what's about to take place. And, and I think when we in, endure and stay in the scriptures, that when these things take place, we'll endure hardship uh, like a soldier. And we'll, we'll stay, uh, stay steadfast and we'll, we'll be able to get through all of this. But he's letting us know it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And uh, the more we're prepared for it, the more we'll be able to handle these times when they come. Uh, I, I love it that it's like that. Um, that we've already uh, been pre-warned that these things are going to happen and it would be uh, really bad if we didn't know what to expect. We are in the midst of these perilous times. We really are. Yeah. Um, and the sad thing is we can't do anything to stop. True. And what we see now may just be the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. What we see now is only getting worse. So what we have to do as Christians is live that life so that somebody can see that even in the midst of these times, you can still give God glory. It's true. You can still give him praise and honor. You can still be that light in a dark world during these perilous times. You can still be that salt that preserves and adds flavor, that mm -hmm. city that sits on a hill that can't be. You can still shine forth the glorious light of Jesus Christ. But what we're going to have to do in these perilous times is take a stand. It's true. And that stand is for God I live and for God I die. Because it is not going to get any better as an overall whole. Right. There may be some moments in our lives where we experience highs and some good low, days. Yeah. yeah, low. But we experience some good. Mm -hmm. As far as this world we live in getting better, as far as the ignorance stopped, the racism that has just escalated, the stupid things that are going on in Washington, D.C. that are being purported, all the ignorance that we're dealing with, with people now and stuff, and people see people do wrong, and you defend the people doing wrong. You you know right from wrong, but yet you still do wrong. That's not going to get any better. It's true. And the best thing to do is to get right. Mm -hmm. So if God called you right now, you won't live in eternal perilous times. Right. This world not getting any better. 
this world is only getting and falling deeper and darker into the devil's ways. That's true. The devil's running rampant. He's running rampant, but God is still in control. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to do a self-examination to see where you are. Because even in the midst of perilous times, God takes care of his own. That's true. He's going to make sure, and that's not to say that his own won't suffer, his own won't have, um, I don't say bad days, but bad things that happen on good days. Mm-hmm. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. The unjust. That's right. Job said, man born of a woman is but a few days and full of trouble. Jesus himself said, in this life you shall have tribulation, but be of cheer, for I have overcome the world. So there are going to be some hard times, some some difficulties. That's true. But if you stand for Christ in the midst of it, God will take care of you. I agree. Paul told Timothy, in the last days, and we are living in we can't be living in anything but the last days the way things are. <laughs> These few attributes, like 19 of them, and we've only touched the surface of a few of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll come back next week and keep picking back up. And I guarantee you that from today, Tuesday, August the 6th, till next Tuesday. 13th. September, September 13th. September, yeah, September 13th. Right. A lot more stuff is going to have gone on. Mm-hmm. Look at what's going on in Mississippi. People don't have clean drinking water. Right. Look at what's going on in, what is it, Pakistan? Pakistan, yeah. And it's not being talked about. Two thirds of the country is underwater. Mm-hmm. It's not getting any better. Right. Hurricane season is, is popping up. It's true. Which means lives can be lost, mm-hmm. property destroyed, lives torn apart, tornadoes still out there. Mm-hmm. We're just not watching the signs. Right. And all I think the Lord is saying, get ready, I'm coming. Get ready. Come here's my question. Are you ready? Please return. <laughs> if not, will you be able to stand in these perilous times? That concludes our lesson yeah. for the night. We thank you guys for joining us. We hope and pray we've said something that will help you along the way. We should be back on next Tuesday night with another episode of for such a time as this where we pick up and we close out this particular lesson if that's the Lord's will because sometimes he can give us stuff and it just stretches out we may have to do a third episode on this but as far as tonight again we open pray that something has been said to help you along the way we're going to ask Reverend Mason if he'll close us out in prayer and then we'll seek to see you guys on next week again thanks for joining God bless you but perilous times are upon us. So what you need to do, what we all need to do is what the psalmist said in Psalms 121, I will look to the hills from which cometh my help. 
my help coming from the Lord. Reverend Mason, if you can start in prayer. Uh, Father, we thank you again for uh, another podcast, uh, another teaching. Uh, we thank you because you have allowed us the opportunity, Lord, and we thank it and we appreciate it. We look at it as being an honor yes, Lord. just to represent you as always, Father. So we hope that we said something, Lord, that would uh, encourage someone and uh, also change someone to where it moves them from where they were uh, to where they need to be, Father. And Lord, we ask just that you just continue to deal with people's minds, Father, let them know that we are living in perilous times. We are living in the last days. And, uh, and even now, Lord, for us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Uh, in these last and evil days, Father, for we we need to honor you, Father, and to be examples of you, Lord, in a word that seems to grow darker and darker, Lord, every day with all of the issues and the problems that we're having, Father. Help us to be that light in a dark world, Father, to where yes, Lord. Uh, when men see that light, Father, they're glorifying you which are in heaven. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, just for another episode of For Such a Time as This. Uh, we hope that we've said something uh, through you, Father, to where they they hear us, uh, but they hear you speak through us, Father, and hope that someone has heard something that's uh, going to change their lives. And as always, as we said before, as we always will say, uh, we want to know you even more. And we want to make you known to others, Father. So, Father, we ask that what we said tonight, that uh, it will have such a impression on people and to where they not only change their lives, but the ones who they speak with, uh, it would change their lives also. Uh, our main goal is that someone that would come to you and Father, and they accept your Son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, so that they can experience eternal life as we all do as Christians, Father. Help us to be bold these days, Lord, and stand up and speak up, Father, and, and, and not shut up when it comes down to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Father, we're just asking that you would do all of these things, Father, in the way that only you know how to do. Uh, and help this uh, ministry, Father, to, to reach many and, and, and that people will be changed in a way uh, the way when people see them, uh, they will know that these people here have, have been with you. And uh, Father, we just, we just thank you for it, right? Thank now, you, we just, we just believe you're going to do that for us. Yes, Lord. Uh, for you've proven yourself Yes. Over and over again, Father, and you're still doing it right now. So we thank you for it right now. And just we just believe that it's already done. And we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Again, we thank you all for joining us on tonight. Again, we hope and pray that something has been said to help you along the way. So until next time, next Tuesday night. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 
We say goodbye until then again. Thank you for joining us. Have a wonderful evening and a good rest of the week. May God bless you and yours. Amen. Amen.